You know the vibes! Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Brought to you by NBA 2K23. And we've got a new edition. We've got the soundboard. BJ Armstrong, how you feeling? Well, it's interesting. We we, we got more noise. <laughs> we got more noises now. <laughs> oh, I got all the, all the sound effects here. I got all the sound effects here. Anyway, let's get into it. It's another episode. Before we get into this episode, as always, get your copy of NBA 2K23 in the description. Make sure that you stay locked in with NBA 2K23. Lots of cool things are happening. We're going to talk about the NBA, BJ. And I think that this soundboard here today is the perfect way to tip things off in today's episode. Do you want to know why? Why? There's one team in the NBA. May I say the greatest team in the NBA? The Celtics. Let let me take a guess. Seven game win streak. (laughs) Seven game win streak for the Boston Celtics. They now hold the best record in the NBA. Oh, wow. Guys, I promise I'll chill with the sound effects. It's just because it's new today. I'm going crazy with it. The Celtics, 11-3. and Their seventh win in a row. And they are looking like an elite squad. Now, the defense still ain't where I want it to be. But the offense is simply beautiful. Jason Tatum, right now, I don't know where you want to place him, but he has to be in the top three MVP candidates right now. Jalen Brown, right there. Co-star right there with him. All this talk over the seasons of Isaiah Thomas, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, the point guard the Celtics needed was right there all along. Marcus Smart. If you saw the game against OKC, he took over down the stretch, scoring, dishing, and of course, defense. He's been doing it all for Boston. BJ, how are you looking at these Celtics right now? Because I am very happy today. Well, you know, the Celtics are coming off of literally still 2022. They've been the best team in 2022. And the only thing they didn't complete was winning the NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Since the new year, they've been the best team. And it's continued through all of this adversity, right? Players going in and out of the lineup, trades. Obviously, we don't have to revisit the latest with their coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, this team, they're they are, to put it mildly, they are a very resilient group. Okay. And somehow, some way, they just find a way to, you know, to, to keep on moving. They just keep, they just keep on trucking. They just keep on keeping on. And it starts with Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is you know he's playing at a very high level and now he's doing that consistently he's been a notorious his career starter and he's even corrected that this year he's gotten off to a pretty hot start for him oh he's been on fire for his standards because we know yes he's a slow star a but now starter. You're getting bucket buckets. now he's getting bucket yeah, he buckets. Getting, he's a, no he's doing his thing and 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 here's the thing that I have to give him credit. You know, offensively, he's going to get all his accolades as he should. But defensively, I, I think he's got now, you know, 
a couple games, you've given some great defensive efforts. Great defensive efforts. He's taken a leadership role on the defensive end. I don't see those large lapses where he would go for like stretches where he wouldn't be involved or engaged in the game. I don't see that happening anymore. And Jalen Brown, his game is getting much more consistent. The way he's playing and the way he's contributing, moving the ball, playing, and they had a nice flow going right now. I think, you know, Malcolm Brogdon was a nice pickup for them. You know, you can't say enough about Marcus Smart, but you got to give the staff credit. I mean, you know, Coach Missoula over there has figured out how to kind of, you know, tweak it a little bit, especially on the offensive end. There's less he standing even... still. You know, there's, yeah, there, there's there's more movement. He's running more set plays that kind of designed right. to get everyone moving rather than watching Tatum and Brown go isolation against other teams. Yeah, and that's fine. And, 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 and that's great. However, you know, I think defensively they have some things where they can improve. You know, they got the Time Lord. You know, he's going to come back into the game. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back healthy this time. So, things are looking very promising for the Celtics. I like what I'm seeing. Their star players are playing like stars. They got a nice flow. They have a nice rhythm. And right now, they look like a really good team. And right now, you can argue, and I think their record indicates they are probably the best team right now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're playing the best as a group right now. Now, so a lot of us we play, but right now they are certainly playing as well as anyone in the league on both ends of the court. Do you want to know the best part about the way the Celtics are playing right now? And BJ, you know what my biggest gripe was last season, especially turnovers, in the NBA turnovers, finals. turnovers, turnovers. Right now, the Boston Celtics are averaging 12.9 turnovers per game the third lowest in the National Basketball Association. My prayers have been answered. Thank you, Joe Missoula. I'm feeling good because they're doing all of this without what many would consider to be their third best player or fourth best player or however you want to rank it in Rob Williams, the anchor of their defense. And although the defense still isn't to the level of where it was at the start of this year or, or earlier in last season, over the last nine games, they have the sixth-ranked defense in the NBA. Previously, it was one of the worst defense over the first few games, and they were winning purely because of their offense. But the defense is starting to step up now. Speaking about offense, they have the best offensive rating since the NBA-ABA merger. Obviously, that's not going to be sustained throughout the entire season, and I anticipate that to kind of decrease a little bit. But they've just been going crazy on the offensive side of the basketball. We've even seen Grant Williams catching alley-oops. How crazy is that? I saw that. That was we, pretty funny. You know, see, they have a they have a good team. They have a really you know what they have. Everyone knows their lane. They have pros on their team: Grant mm-hmm. Williams, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford. They have pros on their team. Now, I got to give them give those guys credit. However, with this group, we only have one thing in mind: can they win the final game of the season? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. And their roster was built with that in mind. You know, they have an excuse not to be here, not be playing this well, right? Everything that's going on. We didn't know how this one turned out. 
all of a sudden you're looking around going, we're right here. The Celtic fans should be feeling good about where they're at right now because you know what? They were in the fire. They stood in the kitchen when it got hot. And they're still standing. So I like the mental toughness of this group. You know, I, I didn't know how they were going to respond to this. I really didn't. That was a lot to overcome. But yeah, right now, it's looking pretty good. I mean, I want to go back to one thing I said at the start of this show. When I said Jason Tatum's got to be in your top three for MVP. Right now, he's top one. Best player on the best team in the NBA, putting up 32 points per game. Well, it's just him and Laurie marketing right now. It's just him and Laurie marketing. I mean, the Jazz have started to slide. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you about one thing with the Celtics, B. I don't know if you've seen this new phenomenon as Rob Williams is out and Luke Cornett oh, is yeah, getting some the, run at the center. Ball, the, the, ball, the rolling the ball thing? No, 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 not that. It's Luke Cornett when he plays at center. I don't know if you guys listening have seen this. When he can't close out to players in time, he's simply jumping from wherever he is with his hand straight up to try and block the shooter's view of the basket. It is a very odd technique. I don't know, BJ, have you seen this? Yes. What do you make of this? Do you think it's an effective tactic or do you think it's just a gimmick? Well, listen, regardless of what how they're coaching now no one wants anyone to have a clean view of the basket second what you want especially when you're coaching defense is you don't want to get any, anyone a direct line to the basket so with that in mind you do the the next best thing that's available is just at least take away something defense is about taking away something so if you close out on a guy and he blows by you. Now that's compromising your defense. Now you're just in a scramble situation. Advantage offense. If you give a guy an open look, especially from the corners, you know, we know we, we I say the players, shoot a higher percentage from the corners. We know players shoot a higher percentage with uncontested shots. So you do, at the very least, the one thing you can do is you don't give him a, a clean look at the basket. Now... <laughs> I don't know what the rules committee is going to say about this because <laughs> the Celtics clearly watching them this year, they are, they are bending the rules with their tactics. I don't know yeah. what you mean, BJ. Uh, well, I, I didn't say it was illegal. I just said right now they're doing things that, you know, they're, they're, they're questioning, you know, the rules. But you're and referring to them rolling the ball up the court while the, the game the, clock runs the, down, but the shot clock doesn't. Hey, the rules committee is going to have to do something. They're, they're going to have to do something about that. And they're going to have to do something about guys. So now you you could get a guy like Taco Fall and say, you know what? Just hold your hands up <laughs> to block the, the view of the rim. Yep. I mean, that, yep. it is what it is. It, it, it is. But you have to do something. You got to figure out how to, because the advantage to the offense with all of this spacing on the floor. And if it proves to be, you know, I'm sure guys are, I'm sure every analytic guy in the league is are taking stats of, you know, how effective this is. And if they determine it's effective, you'll see more of it. 
That will be absolutely wild if you have a league where people are just jumping up and down while other people shoot. Well, while Jason Tatum has proven himself as a true superstar in the NBA, he's making that leap. I think he's the youngest player ever to 8,000 points and uh, 800 three-pointers made. Over in Toronto, we got to talk about this a little bit. Scotty Barnes has not made the leap that many have expected. Now, this is natural for a lot of players in their sophomore season. When I look at how Scotty's been playing, obviously Siakam's out now, so he's going to struggle a little bit more with more pressure on him. They're throwing more defenders at him when he enters the paint. They're sitting on his right hand to kind of disrupt that little baby hook that he has going. They're getting him to play the point guard role. They're getting him to defend the other team's best player. So he's taken a little bit of a slump by his standards. You know, he's okay. not been performing to the level we expected. BJ, I want to take it all the way back to your career. Because this sophomore slump, as it's known, is not a new phenomenon. We've seen this happen to numerous players all the time. I want to know from you, whether you want to focus on Scotty Barnes or just speak in general, why some players struggle a lot in their second season. Is it because they're more on teams' radars? Is it because fans and media have got higher expectations and unrealistic expectations for them in their second season? Or is it just a psychological thing when you get to the second year of your career, especially after such a successful rookie season? What's the reason behind a sophomore slump? Well, you know, it's, there, there are a lot of things, and many of many of those reasons boil down to the following: what, what are the weaknesses in your game? Every year, you have to add something new to your game, because now you've been on the radar, you are in the scouting report, and Scotty Barnes, you know, he's he's going to be fine, but he's got to add something new, right? You got to look at his game and go, oh. He's put the mid-range. Oh, he's put the three ball. Oh, he's, you know, he's improved his footwork on the post. Oh, you could see with Giannis what he's done this year. He's improved his handles. I mean, it's, I think you and I have remarked about that. Every year you have to put something new in your game. Now, Scotty Barnes has been a jack of all trades. You know, he does a little bit of this. He plays a little bit of guard. He plays a little bit of forward. He plays a little bit of center he does it all however you know they've had some injuries and scotty really hasn't settled into what he really is because he just bounces around i just watched him last night versus the versus and he's just kind of all over the place he just kind of fills he just fills whatever gap is needed oh you know van fleet is out great all right we'll put him there oh siakam is out oh we'll just put him there for that game and he does a really nice job however what is Scotty Barnes, though? What is Scotty Barnes? You know, I I, I think Scotty Barnes is a, is, a, is a player just from the outside. I, I'm not with him every day. That reminds me of like a Scotty Pippen type of player. I was just about to say, it's a Scotty factor. Yeah, he's a, he's a player that he should be an elite small forward in this league. And just let him settle in. But what he's doing, like the hardest, the hardest position to transition into is the lead guard position. And Scotty Barnes has done that. I mean, I I've admired how he's done that at his size and what yeah. he's doing. But he's filling in for an all-star caliber guard, and they're not, they're not losing a beat. Okay. So having to run the team 
in year two, having to score some games, having to defend the other team's best wing players and frontline players and lead guards. I just think he has so much on his plate. I think the intangibles of what he's doing is terrific. However, I would love for him to just settle in now and become a, you know, a 20, a 22 to 25 point game score, six to eight assists a game because he can rebound eight to 10 rebounds a game and then build a team around that way. Right now, he's just doing everything. Like, literally, what a luxury to have if you're coach nurse. You have a guy you can start literally one through five. Yep. And can God one through five, too. And he runs the team, fills in, they win, whether Siakam is out, whether Van Fleet is out, Precious didn't play last night, and you just put Siakam out. I mean, you put Scotty Barnes out there, and you just go out and win games. I don't care who you're playing. Winning the game in the NBA is tough. Well, they went out and won another game on the road, and Scotty Barnes was a big part of that. So his stats may not reflect it, but I think his game and the – Toronto Raptors, they're continuing to win. And it's a large part is due because of Scotty Barnes. Now, young players developing is a hot topic in the NBA right now. And after the Warriors game, the win against the San Antonio Spurs, Steve Kerr announced that they will be sending James Wiseman to the G League. And he said he will stay down there for an extended time. The Warriors want him to get reps. It could be 10 days or longer. What do you make of this for James Wiseman's development? Because I feel bad for James Wiseman. Because his first couple of years in the NBA cluttered with injuries. In college, he barely played. In high school, he didn't play that much either. We know he's a tremendous, tremendous talent and he has so much potential. But it's a difficult spot for him to be put in because most players who get drafted number two overall, they go to, let's say, bad teams, you know, and they have the chance to develop and have the team around them you know, kind of try what they want to try. Whereas he's been thrown in to the reigning champions where they've got to come out and defend their title and things haven't gone so well. So what do you make of this move from the Golden State Warriors sending James Wiseman? It's not often we see a number two overall pick being sent down to the G League. What do you make of this? Well, this is a very interesting topic and we need more than, a you know, these four or five minutes that we're going to spend on it here. Now, First, I have to, everything I'm saying, I have to say this one with great humility and really be very delicate because I don't know the, I don't know the situation. When I say I don't know it, I can't see this young man in practice. I can't see, you know, the game plans of what he should or shouldn't be doing. I can't see his learning curve. I can't see that. I can only see when I see him in the games. And what I see is a very, very talented young man. That is obvious. I mean, I, I I think James Wiseman is an all-star caliber player. Okay. I think he has that level of talent. Now, the facts remain this. The, the Warriors, without him, they were they won the championship last year. When he, now, he was on the team, but he was injured for the majority of that. And I don't know how many games he did play or didn't play, but he wasn't a key contributor to last year's team. So now it begs a question, you know, how are they going to fit his talent in? This guy, this young man is a true big. He's a true big. And we know, you know, people are watching the game, watching the NBA game. We know that bigs have been 
rele- you know, relegated to really, <laughs> I mean, they're basically almost protectors. In, in the league, almost everyone's bigs are just role players with the exception of Jokic and Embiid. And I don't know if you're going to class Giannis as a big, but I'm talking about the five positions. The, yes, it's basically, the, those... you know, even Rudy Gobert, he's elite at what he does, but you would can't class him as a role player in terms of the role he plays. So it's right. basically Embiid so, and Jokic, and I don't know about Carl Anthony Towns, but he's apparently a four now. So I'm not even going to talk about him. So we 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 we've seen this. Bigs have really, I mean, let's just call it like like we see it. Bigs have really been taken out of this modern era. I think they are figuring out how to be stretch fives and figuring out how to contribute. But for the most part, they've been minimized to say the least. Then how we've seen the game in a traditional sense. I mean, this is always a big man's game. And suddenly now this is a, you know, they've, they've been pushed to the side. Now, James Wiseman is a big James Wiseman can score. Now it's one thing I know he can do. He can catch that ball and he can dunk it. He's big enough to where he can block some shots in there. He's a very athletic he has all the physical tools to be a really good player. Nice touch. Looks like he can pick and pop, do some things. However, in the scheme of what the Warriors want to do and how they want to play, it may not fit. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just what I see. It, you know, I would love to be around the team and watch him and see his ability to take what the game plan is on the on the on the on the board and move it to the game and. What what what's his rotations? What's his responsibilities? How do, I, I those are the things you got to see from in in the inside. But when I look at him, he's six, but he's he, he's got to be bigger than six ten. But he looks at least at least six ten. He's got a great body for a young kid. Nice touch, left handed, finishes around the basket, catches the ball clean, can dunk anything. That's in his area. Okay. Mm-hmm, Runs mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the best of them. <laughs> you could throw alley oops to him so he can play vertical basketball. And he plays hard. So what is there not to like? I, I have one thing there? I don't like. Okay, go ahead. Show, tell the, me. The kid just doesn't set screens. He might set the okay. weakest screens in the entire NBA. I don't that, think I can even that, count that. 10 proper screens he set this whole season. And I want to say this. this. This is karma for the Golden State Warriors. Because they have been setting illegal screens to get Steph Curry open for the past 10 years. And now this is your karma. You now have a seven-footer okay. who cannot screen. Well, I, I I will say this. You know, I, I've played with a few bigs in my career, okay? I've played with a few bigs. The best way to get a big to set a screen is to pass on the ball. <laughs> so he's, <laughs> at the moment, what he's doing is he's coming up to set the screen and then he's trying and to he slip. It. He's trying to slip all the time I, I, to, to get the early catch I, I, and try and get himself I get some it. points. I, I listen, listen. I'm not here to knock anything. You can't knock. They were. They are the defending champions. So clearly, they know what they're doing better than I do. Sitting here talking. Mm-hmm. However, however, I know a talent when I see one. And if you want a big to set a screen, you better you, you all you gotta do is pass him the ball. Now, James Hart, I mean James Wiseman is a talent. 
bigs, true bigs, not tall guys. See, there's a difference between tall guys and big guys. James Wiseman is a he wants that ball. And I know this as a guard. We will mess up a big guy. <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. We will mess up a big guy. Us little guards. Why? Because we won't pass on the ball. That's why they don't like to play in the summertime. True bigs don't play in the summer. Because no one passes them the ball. Mm -hmm. I'm not setting the screen if no one's passing me the ball. I'm going to tell you that right now. So I always took care of my bigs. I always took care of my bigs. Why? Because the bigs I knew were going to take care of me. They're going to so, scream for you, get you open. They're going to crash the glass, get you the ball on the break. You know what I'm saying? Hey, They're going to clean hey, up hey, your mistakes hey. on defense. Hey, there's been plenty of times where I probably could have laid the ball up. I let my big come on the trail. so Because when the big fella runs, I got to take care of the big we fella. We call it reward the big fella. When the big fella's in the post and he's down there banging and dealing with them alligators down there. I got to give him the ball. Mm -hmm. When the big fella can't get going, I maybe I could turn the corner, but I'm going to make sure I'm going to get the big fella a touch where he get the ball so that he can get it and feel good about himself. The point guard now, guru. Listen now, to the knowledge. So I understand James Wiseman right now and what the probably, and I don't know this. I haven't spoken to him. And I know this, and I know Coach Kerr knows this. I know he knows this. However, his best player, <laughs> okay, is Steph Curry. And right now, they're going to win or lose with Steph Curry. Mm -hmm. And right now, they need people to screen to get who open? Steph Curry. That's a fact. The, the, right now, this is a perimeter-oriented team. At some point here, that's going to have to change. At some point. That's this year, the following year, because let me tell you something. James Wiseman is a talent, and James Wiseman is going to have to play. Kaminga is going to have to play. Jordan Poole, at some point, is going to have to be the starter. Do, how I don't long do you know, think until he replaces Clay Thompson in that starting lineup? Well, I, I, I don't. Clay Thompson, I mean, Jordan Poole and Jordan Poole. And and Steph Curry, no, that's not big enough in the backcourt. Mm -hmm. That's not that's not going to. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what the Warriors are going to do, but what I do know is that if you're telling me Steph Curry and Jordan Poole at that size, and both of them how they defend, are going to play with Kavon Looney, Draymond Green, and Wiggins, that's not going to do it long term. Mm -hmm. Now, can it do it in stretches? Absolutely. So at some point here, Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody, they're going to have to make a major decision here to do one of the following. Either they're going to take a Clay Thompson or somebody out of the lineup and figure out what they're going to have to do. And that's going to include one of the one or all of those young players that they have. That's the, when they're going to do it. I have no idea. You can't do it clearly after the team has won a championship. Clearly, you know, your team is still playing at the highest level. But at some point here with this group, that's going to have to that question is going to have to be answered. Now. If you want to look at this constructively, if you just say, OK, 
What do I think they're doing? They know that James Wiseman, and, I, and, I, and I'll say this, James Wiseman, you could argue, may be long-term the best talent on the team. Long James time. Wiseman, yeah. yes, and if he has the you know this, yeah, if, and if you know this and you believe this, there's no other way to do it than to get him the reps, Mo. Yep. You can't keep you can't keep having him play six minutes a game, eight minutes a game. Listen, this young man has to play. Either he's going to play or he's not, because he is that talented. And I think that's I don't why care they sent him making to the mistakes or not. And maybe Again, that's the why they're doing it. Again. But looking at it on the outside, if you just – and I didn't know anything about the Warriors, and I just saw a pickup game, I would go, who is that kid? Mm-hmm. Because James Wiseman is a player. Mm-hmm. That kid is a – he's a talent. Now, we have to determine how talented he is, and that can only be determined by how he performs and plays in the game. And he's not getting enough minutes to make that assessment at this particular time based on how they're playing now. And currently right now, they're not playing their best brand of basketball. The, the, the rotations are short and he's not in the rotation. I mean, you can't tell me this guy, you know, I watch a lot of NBA mode, mm-hmm. probably too much NBA. No such thing. But let me tell you something. James Wiseman <laughs> should be playing. <laughs> okay. No you doubt. can't tell me he can't get in a game now. All right, tell me he misses rotations. Okay, tell me he may miss whatever, whatever it is that the coach wants him to do. Okay, that's true. But you can't tell me this guy is not talented enough to play and and make some type of impact on the game, whether it's on the offensive end or defensive end. You can't tell me that now. And so, and if he's not going to play, then let's move him on. But I Mm -hmm. think they value him. I really do. I mean, you have to. He's the number two overall pick for a reason. Well, there's been a lot of number two overall picks. You know, getting picked in the NBA means nothing. What are you going to do afterwards is what means everything. And I think this young man has to now have the opportunity to play through his mistakes. That's the only way you learn. That's my hard. That's the, that's the probably one of the hardest things for me now is players are being drafted to develop in the NBA. That to me stinks. Like this should not be the developmental league. <laughs> okay that's what a genie's for but players are so young they're not ready and and that to me is what's very unfortunate about the league today is that no you're not ready to to win games yes you are incredibly talented yes you are no no doubt about it these these guys are incredibly gifted talented but many of them just aren't ready to play yet that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. And you, you can see James Wiseman could go to a lesser team in the NBA and average probably 20 some points a game. They might not win. Mm-hmm. Like if he was playing on, 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 on my Detroit Pistons right now, <laughs> he would get 20 a night. Okay. He would get 20 a night. If he's playing, let's say 25 to 30 points, he would get 20 points in a game. He could just, because he's athletic, he'll get four or five points, six points a night in transition. He'll get six points or so just scoring the basketball, pick and pop, pick and roll, alley-oop. Maybe he makes a nice move, okay. He'll get to the free throw line four or five times. 
you know, if 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 Isaiah Stewart can shoot threes, I'm I'm I I know James Wiseman can shoot a three. Okay, <laughs> that's eighteen to twenty points right there, Bo. Well, they and got Jalen even, even Jalen Durant to uh, to develop over there, who's been looking quite nice. So oh, I'm excited man. to this see what, how that this goes. is what I'm saying. Oh man, Jalen Durant, you know he had twenty last night. I mean, you you just got to let these guys play. Like that's the NBA. So if they can't use him. My Detroit Pistons can. And I guarantee you, <laughs> I guarantee you that guy will figure out something. I think the guy is it. I I I really like him. Now, again, I don't know him. I don't know his personality. Da-da-da-da-da-da. And you got to see that. But just based it on his talent, and, and and I hope the kid stays in there. I hope he sticks in there. You know what I mean? Because you know, I I it, it's tough for these young people. His dream was to play in the NBA, not play in the G League. Absolutely. And I hope that he can figure out and have the mental toughness to know that he belongs in this league because you got to you got to have that moment. Every player has to have that I belong moment. Yeah. And it's now going on what year three for him now or year two, year three for him now where he hasn't had that moment yet. Well, only time will tell. But whilst we wait to find out. You guys need to stay locked into the Hoop Genius podcast. So we're going to be here every morning. Let me know what you think about a soundboard. BJ, what do you think about a soundboard during that episode? Well, you didn't really do it. You didn't really do it. I was waiting on some sounds. You know, you didn't give me any I, sounds. I did, I did a lot at the start, and then I thought, is this going to get annoying for the people? Let me let me know. I need to know from the listeners. I need to know what they think. Because we've got a whole bunch of... I don't think you have the facilities for that, big man. Do you know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> it's time. It's time to wrap up the episode. It's time to go. <laughs> I like it. It makes me laugh. I think Breaks it's up fun. The I, think, I think it's fun. Yeah. I think it's fun. But uh, let's get it cooking. Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up in the Discord. You can join the Discord. The link is in the description. Make sure you leave us a review and a five star rating. That would be absolutely huge to help this show. And thank you guys for listening. We're gonna be back tomorrow morning nice and early and um after that i believe it will be episode is this episode 198 so then it'll be 199 and then it'll be 200 yes sir we're gonna be back bj and i hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2 k 23 make sure you stay locked in and most importantly get buckets